Welcome to the KPMG Financial Reporting Podcast Series, delivering fresh insights and perspectives around major accounting and financial reporting developments across a range of timely topics. We thank you for joining today. Hello, I'm John Barbagallo and Managing Director at KPMG. And in today's episode, I have the pleasure of discussing the FASB's amendment to Topic A20, Fair Value Measurement, in ASU 202203, with two of my colleagues from KPMG's Department of Professional Practice, Robin Van Voorhees and Michael White. Robin and Micah have been closely monitoring this project, and I want to thank them for joining us today to share their insights on the new standard. But before we dive into details of the new ASU, I want to kick off today's podcast with some background to help level set. So, Micah, tell us why the FASB issued this update and who was affected by the amendments. Yeah, thanks, John. So ASC 820, the fair value guidance, is very clear that security-specific characteristics are taken into account when measuring fair value and entity-specific characteristics are not. However, there was lack of clarity in 820 on whether sale restrictions are entity-specific or security-specific. And by sale restrictions, we mean a restriction on the sale of a security by the holder of that security. Specifically, certain 820 guidance indicated that the unit of account when measuring fair value is the individual equity security, which would suggest that contractual sale restrictions should be ignored in determining fair value. But there was an example in 820 that suggested a legal or contractual sale restriction is a characteristic of the security and should be included in measurement. And to muddy the waters even further, there was an example or is an example in the AICPA's accounting and valuation guide that suggests an underwriter lockup, which is a specific type of sale restriction, is a security-specific characteristic and should be included in fair value measurement. So this project actually started out by trying to address underwriter lockups specifically and the diversity and practice associated with those. And underwriter lockups are provisions commonly used in IPOs to restrict the sale of a newly public company for a period of time. But the project was expanded to all contractual sale restrictions. So this ASU will apply to any entity that has equity securities subject to contractual sale restrictions, but investment companies will want to pay special attention because they're big players in this space. Yeah, thanks, Mike. A very helpful. I could see why there was some diversity in practice on, on this one. Uh, Robin, turning to you, uh, tell us about the main provisions of this new ASU. Sure, John. So this ASU does clarify that a contractual sale restriction is in fact an entity-specific characteristic. It should not be considered in measuring that equity securities fair value. It does not explicitly tell us what qualifies as a contractual sale restriction, but it does provide two new examples to help us to determine whether restriction is entity-specific or security-specific. The ASU also includes some new disclosure requirements for all entities that have contractual sale restriction, including the fair value of those investments, the nature and the remaining duration of of those restrictions and any circumstances that could cause a lapse in those restrictions. Yeah, thanks, Robin. You know, back to you, Micah, for a second. You know, there was some discussion during the FASB deliberations as to whether, you know, the contractual sale restrictions should be a separate unit of account and whether the fair value of those restrictions should be put on the balance sheet. So tell us if the ASU actually addresses that. Yeah, it does, John. And, and it makes it very clear that an entity can't measure and recognize the contractual sale restriction as a separate unit of account. So think liability or contra asset. So anyone wishing to recognize these contractual sale restrictions on the balance sheet is out of luck. Uh, they do not receive recognition with this ASU. 
Yeah, thanks, Micah. Robin, back to you. Tell us when this new standard will become effective and what are the transition requirements? Sure. So this standard becomes effective for public business entities in 2024 and for everyone else in 2025. But the transition is going to be different depending on whether or not you are an investment company. So if you are not an investment company, it is prospective application with an adjustment to your current period earnings. And that amount is also disclosed in the period you first apply the standard. Now, if you are an investment company, any securities that you've entered into or have been modified before the effective date um, those, you just keep doing what you've been doing. So for example, if you have been applying a discount, you can continue to do that. And that is until the restriction expires or if it is modified after the adoption date. Now, for all equity securities with a restriction or contractual sale restriction that are entered into after that investment company adopts the ASU, you must then apply the ASU prospectively. And the last note I'll say here is that during that grandfathering period for investment companies, they are subject to some additional disclosures, so they should pay careful attention to that. Yeah, interesting, Robin, that investment companies have a different transition requirement compared to other entities. And, and Micah, you know, I know we spoke about this. T tell us why that is. Yeah, well, because of the differing interpretations of 820, along with the AICPA's guide that I mentioned earlier, some investment companies may have been treating underwriter lockups as security specific and therefore including them in fair value, while some may not have. So this ASU changes that for any company that had previously been including contractual sale restrictions in fair value, including investment companies. What this means for investment companies who had been including this in fair value is higher fair values, right? So this may have a significant impact on some entities' investment portfolios and will have a direct impact on the calculation of net asset value or NAV. FASB recognized this when it designed the transition guidance for investment companies because you heard Robin just explain that securities with contractual sale restrictions being measured by investment companies are effectively grandfathered until modification. So this is expected to minimize that impact that could have been potentially uh, large on companies' NAV calculations. Yeah, interesting. Uh, thanks, Micah. Robin, you mentioned the ASU is not effective for a few years. So what should entities that have investments in equity securities subject to those contractual sale restrictions uh, be thinking about today? Sure, John, you're right. We've got some time here. But for those entities that this ASU will change their current practice, meaning for any entities that currently factor these restrictions into their fair value measurements, they should really start considering the impact of adopting this ASU on those fair value measurements now. And this is going to include establishing some new valuation processes, looking at your controls to actually exclude the effect of these restrictions from their fair value measurements. And that's going to take some time. Um, and potentially to even consider some communications to your investors um, so that they can anticipate the change and understand what's happening to the balance sheet there. And even if this does not change practice for you, all entities with equity securities that are subject to these contractual sale restrictions should become familiar with these new disclosure requirements. Thanks, Robin and Mike. All great information. I really appreciate you spending time uh, chatting with us today. And I think this was a great overview of the new ASU and, and how this is going to affect uh, all entities with uh, contractual sale restrictions. I look forward to speaking with you all on future podcasts. And again, I want to thank you for joining us today. Thank you for listening to this KPMG Financial Reporting Podcast. For more in-depth financial reporting developments, analysis, and podcast episodes, please visit 
frv.kpmg.us and be sure to subscribe today. Also, we are social. You can also follow us on LinkedIn at KPMG Financial Reporting View or with hashtag KPMG FRV.